0: Today, my featured guest is Catherine Cooper. She is an observant Catholic wife, mother, and grandmother, now retired from careers first in healthcare, then transferring to corporate business, then finances as an entrepreneur. Uh, Throughout her life, she's harbored a secret passion for writing precluded from sharing traumatic experiences from her childhood, she was able to write in her journals. Uh, These painful experiences led her to seek a deeper meaning to her life. Starting in her early 20s, she began with what she termed the quest, a 20-year search for truth, God's truth. Uh, Reading the sacred scripture of some of the world's uh, great religions like Buddhism, the Torah, Talmud, the Quran, uh, Vedas, uh, as well as exploring Socrates, Aristotle, Marcus Aurelius, uh, to name a few. Uh, She not only attended their churches, temples, ashrams, but she also traveled throughout Europe and the Holy Land to experience these places firsthand. She was seeking truth. Uh, She ultimately chose Catholicism. Now, for all my Protestant listeners out there, you're asking, why would you do that? Why? (laughs) Right. I got asked at the dinner table last week by a uh, soon. Well, he's trying to be a family member. He's dating one of my sister-in-laws and uh, he's like, and he's a Protestant guy. And he's like, Joseph, I got to ask, like, why are you staying Catholic? Like, I don't get it. Like, you're a smart guy. Why would you do that with everything? The Catholic church is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, you're basing that on all the assumptions you have about what you think the Catholic church is, not what the Catholic church actually is or what they teach. So if you're ever open to that conversation, I'd be happy to have it, but I can't have it with you because you have all your your scales blinding yourself, right? You're not going to let it in. So anyway, I just say that for all my Protestant listeners out there, listen, is it possible that, I don't know. Seven, eight, no, is it 2 billion people on planet Earth that are Catholic? um, Possibly are not just crazy people that are rule followers trying to earn their salvation. Is it possible there's something more that maybe you're missing? That doesn't mean you have to convert, but at least be open to a dialogue, would you? And and don't bring your assumptions. Gosh darn it, people. All right, enough of that. Catherine, um, she puts in here her parents are dead. Uh, she now feels comfortable to publish her story. So we're going to get into uh, God's story that he's been telling through Catherine's life. And that's something that's a very important distinction for all you listeners out there. Because some of you feel like, Your story isn't worth telling, or you compare your story, your life experiences to someone else's that you think is greater or more important. So yours isn't worth telling. And what you're doing secretly, unknowingly, unconsciously, is you're not sharing God's story that He's told through your life, and you're coveting it, you're holding on to it, you're burying the talent in the sand. And Jesus says, No, put that light on a lampstand right? Because he gets the glory, not you. So I just encourage you out there, um, start sharing your story of pain and brokenness and how God has come in and saved you or set you free. Catherine is about to do that today with you. Um, and and I'm guessing uh, we're going to get into some stuff here. We're going to get into some traumatic stuff, some childhood stuff, some wounds, some brokenness that may trigger some of your stuff as you're listening. Don't run from it. Sit and look at it and then bring it to the one who can heal you. His name is God. He's here present in this conversation. Okay. So Catherine, um, go ahead. Just take like 30 seconds. Share something personal um, about you that very few people in your business life actually know.
1: Oh, let's see. Um, I'm terrified of closed spaces. Hmm. I'm terrified of something pressing on me, you know, how you, I was trying out for cheerleader and the kids jump on top of you. I had a panic attack. It just, that, that feeling of being closed in. Yeah, I get that.
0: Thank you. That's a cool (laughs) little secret fear. All right. uh, Fill in some of the gaps, any uh, gaps in that intro. And first and foremost, let me welcome you to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. And we, again, we stand for uh, not making each other wrong just because we worship the same God. We just do it a little differently, but instead let's unify. Uh, There's 120 million Protestants and Catholics in the United States, imagine if we all pointed in the same direction right now as we're seeing evil spread across our country and our freedoms and religious rights being stripped from us. Um, we're all fragmented and we're fighting each other over a high-level theology instead of fighting the darkness in front of us. So let's power up people. Let's lock arms and let's fight this evil. Darn it. Okay, Catherine, welcome to the
1: show. Thank you, sir. Um, I I loved your message about unification. I I think one thing that unifies us is the brokenness we don't talk about, the humanity that we don't address, the suffering that we all share in. Um, And as I tell my story, I've had, uh, I went to a retreat where I spoke at length, and out of 60 women, 15 walked up to me with the same experiences. 15 women. Who had never shared this who had wow. gone through their life and never trusted anyone with these secrets so what is that 75 so percent of there. the
0: audience resonated with your story
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's giant mm-hmm. it's, and the, the more i tell it the more people come up and just feel free to actually say those words um i came up in a generation i'm 66 i came up in a generation where it was still not being reported. Um, even with the extremes of me too, I'm thrilled to death that it's getting out there and mm. that people are standing up. Um, so what
0: are we speaking of specifically?
1: We are speaking of um early onset, I was five years old, uh child sexual abuse, uh child physical abuse, child emotional abuse. Um, it started when I was five, my father climbing into my bunk bed. I was in the low bunk bed, my baby sister was above. And she knew about it, it scared her. Um, this went on, when I was five. When I was 10, it had gone on for five years. Uh, my father gave me a disease. I had to be treated. Um, and when I would come to school with bloody legs or a bruised face or swollen lips or something. Nobody reported it. Mm-hmm. There were three notes in my childhood experience that went home and my mother just threw them away. She knew what was happening and she tacitly agreed to it. She Catherine, walk me
0: it. through that for a second. Okay. Cause you're so, a mother and a grandmother.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think was going on in your mother's mind where she um is aware that her daughter is being raped um, by her husband and her daughter's father. um, And she does not do anything about it. What, what would keep her from doing that as a mother?
1: Discovering the answer to that question was a big step forward in my healing. It turns out that in my mother's family, I was the third generation of girls molested. Mm. My mother was molested when she was eight years old. And when these issues are undetected, you experience a sort of PTSD. You're in your body, but it's not the adult you responding. You go right to the child and it's shut it down. Don't talk about it. It's not safe. And she just didn't protect me. Now, her mother, my grandmother, my beloved grandmother, took her out of that house as soon as she heard about it, got her away and never went back. My Mm. mother did not do that. My mother was terrified of my father's anger. He was very violent. And at least when he visited my bunk bed, he didn't hit us. Mm. Um, He mostly hit the two of us girls. He never hit her, but she was terrified of him, just blindly terrified of him. When yeah. he would come out swinging, she'd run to the bedroom and lock the door and leave us out there.
0: And I guess that makes sense, right? Because she got triggered, the, her, the little girl version of her got triggered from her childhood experience, and then she has her own panic attack, and she runs, fight or flight kicks in. Can you imagine the guilt and shame she carried for all those years?
1: She had five suicide, serious suicide attempts. Yeah. Five. When I was there, she just couldn't. And that's what kept me from continuing to help her and guard her. She was so fragile.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really get that. Yeah. So as you're growing into an adult woman, it's almost like you see your mother still uh, recoiled in a corner, um, showing up emotionally as that eight-year-old that was victimized. Yes. Is that about right?
1: That's about right. Yeah. Close as we came to it being reported was when we went to one of my father's customers was a physician, and so he wasn't our normal guy. And so my mother took him to, took me to him. He realized in three minutes from looking at me what was wrong with me, and was walking to the phone to call the police. Um, and she burst into tears and begged him not to, and he didn't. But I think he, it turns out, was a bishop in the Latter Day Church of Latter Day Saints, and I believe that he had to live with that guilt that he didn't because I saw him a couple times in my teenage years, and he just felt terrible. He felt terrible about it. Mm. But but my mother's brokenness overcame his feeling that he needed to report it.
0: Yeah. Now, Catherine, you've shared your story um, with audiences of a thousand women, you know, plus. Um, What is typically the response uh, when women specifically hear your story?
1: It is usual. Usually there's obviously a lot of applause and acceptance, which is wonderful. Sometimes there's like a silence for a second and you're not really sure how they're responding and then there's applause. But at the end, the part that's important to me is women come up to me in the um, backstage or later on in the reception, they'll pull me aside. It happened to me, how did you heal? It happened to me, my father beat me, my father raped me. These things are so incredibly common especially within the immediate family. Um, it's uh, incest is the most unreported childhood, um, abuse that there is. It's just the place that, no, that, that we just don't want to go there as a society.
0: Yeah. So if you're listening right now and you've been through this yourself, um, you've been victimized by a family member, um, there was incest as a, as a child or a teenager. Um, Catherine's about to share how she healed. Um, and how you can too. So Catherine, if you could walk us through that process, please.
1: Yes. Um, after this issue happened with the doctor, um, very soon after that, I was 10 years old when this happened to me. Um, I had to be treated for several months and rebuilt, shall we say. And um, because of what I, my body was physically receiving, my menses began as a little 10 year old. And so it was clear that I could then become pregnant. And I remember the two of them having this conversation, how they had it, how we went on as a nuclear family is just, I have no idea how that happened.
0: So this is your parents having that conversation,
1: having that conversation Mm -hmm. about, we can't have this again because this could happen. Well, without that outlet, my father's anger boiled over and it became a lot more incidences of physical abuse um, and a lot of hitting with closed fists beatings my little sister and I this went on until the summer of my 15th birthday and so I have five this, years for five years significant wow. beating several times a week mm-hmm. week um, I was sitting in our, I was standing in our kitchen, looking outside in the front yard, and there was a breeze blowing. I remember the trees. And I heard screaming, a slam door, and my baby sister crying. And these are all harbingers of here comes daddy. And I heard those steps walking across the house to me. And something just snapped. I had been sipping a Coca Cola out of a bottle, one of those bottles, the curvy the old, ones,
0: the old glass ones, the mm-hmm. classic cokes. I like those. Yeah, yeah.
1: I love those. Yeah. Um, I cracked it on the centerpiece of the sink, the porcelain sink. As he mm-hmm. turned, as he came in, he pulled his fist like this. I remember I was looking up at him, and he had so, it right towards my head.
0: So he That's coiled like, back his fist, ready to strike you.
1: And I had it in my right hand, I pulled it up to his neck, just like that. The as glass far as bottle I could reach, the glass mm. bottle. And I said, if you hit me or my mother or my sister, you're going down. And I meant it. I don't know where that voice came from. I was effazed from what had been happening to me. I couldn't, I wouldn't talk. And he he just stood there just in the air like this for a solid minute staring at me, and I stared right back at him. After a minute, he lowered his fist, he turned around, and he walked out, and he never hit us again. He never did. Wow. Now he, that, that was a very powerful moment. It, yeah. But here's what happened to me. I did a 180. I became the very thing I was afraid of. My Anger for those years of being so beaten up and persecuted and raped continually just exploded. I would get mad at the tiniest thing. And this went on for years. It destroyed my marriage to my daughter's father. We split up after a year and a half. Now he had his issues and I appreciate that. I'm talking about me and what I'm responsible for. And it was that anger, that pain, that hurt from those incidences that I didn't deal with. That just, it comes out. Many of us are, that have been through these experiences are very resilient. We find deep wells of strength we didn't know we had. But no matter how deep that is, you are still broken, as we all are. You're still broken. You have to deal with this. And yes, I came to terms with the fact that no matter how much I've been victimized, I am not allowed to behave that way. It's Mm -hmm. wrong. I need to fix it. I need to dig deep. And that's what I began to do. But if my daughter was a baby, this is not going to happen to her. And it didn't. I broke that chain, That anger helped me break that chain, but it almost destroyed my life and mm. that's what doesn't work. So it was just, I just couldn't continue. It was too dysfunctional. Yeah.
0: So just backing in a little bit to what you <laughs> just unpacked there. Anger was a curse uh, from generation to generation in your family and you shared how your father processed his anger or found an outlet. And shamefully, um, his outlet was to rape his daughter, uh, just to, to have that release of anger because he didn't know what to do with it. And then that caused anger to build up in you uh, for all those years of, of being molested. And then you see this anger coming out and you're, you become this volcanic a volcano of emotions, just explosive on the littlest of things. And then you make a definitive decision, not you, you're yes. not going to follow that path enough. Yes. And this is something I've done in my life with generational curses. Mm. I have many guests on that have done this in their lives. And they finally get to a point where they say, enough, no more. I'm not passing this on to my children. So that's one thing. And and I just so acknowledge you for making that definitive decision. I realized that decision. uh, Typically, we are not the source of Uh, Mm -hmm. the same way that courage uh, that came from the bottom up when you're holding that Coca-Cola broken bottle to your father's neck. Um, and to stand there looking in his eyes of, of the perpetrator for so many years to find that kind of courage is, is definitely from God. Yes. That wasn't your own strength. And I think Absolutely. we both can agree on that. Um, yes. But it's one thing to find the courage. It's another thing to make a definitive decision to say enough. But then there's this third part of you actually healing How did you go about that? Because many people don't ever find their way through the healing and they go to therapy for years. They go to Christian counseling for years and they still carry the remnants within them. How did you fully get healed?
1: I, um, number one, I, I want to say that, um, I'm, it's kind of like an alcoholic. I will always be an alcoholic. Uh, we all have our crosses, and maybe they just become a little less heavy. But I do not. I, I wake up. I, I actually have my own surrender prayer, too, that I have to start my day always remembering who I am, which is this beloved daughter of, of the Lord who carries her own prescriptive cross that I've got my own little prescription for this life of how he wants me to walk through it. And it is not broken. It is healing. I am healing. And as I heal, one of the things, I did several things. Number one, I started, I got into a support group. Now I know people are like resistant to this idea. Twelve step, honestly, next to Catholicism is the greatest church on the planet. You learn how to be honest with yourself and others. You learn to take responsibility. You learn how to surrender your will and pride. We learn how to turn it over to God. This was year 20 years of working in a uh, program was a godsend for me. And um, at the end, I have some resources for the community to find the, the program that works for them. I cannot recommend it enough. It, it, it got me through some really, really dark days. That's the first thing. It also got me brave enough to choose a therapist that was willing to go there. You know, HMOs run our life, right? You utilization review, you, they've got 10 visits to solve your life. No. So they want to flash it over. They don't want to get down there. I, I was brave enough to say, no, I'm sorry. You've been very helpful, but I need to find someone that's going to go there with me. And I did. And I stuck it out and I. Did and I went to that place where I was in that doctor's office, 10 years old. I went back there and it was very, very hard to do, but I did it. But I could not have done it without having that baseline of support that I needed. I increased my prayer life. I was still going to Protestant churches then. Thank you, Protestant people. Going to Protestant, wonderful Protestant churches, wonderful Protestant churches. I I I made a point of going through the Wednesday night Protestant. I love those with the Wednesday night thing. You know, I love that.
0: It's right so, on hump day, right? It's it like when is, we're we're starting to fall again away from God. We forgot yes. the sermon on Sunday where we were nodding yes. and going, Yes, yes, I am a daughter of God. I am a son of God. And then by Tuesday night we're like, I'm a piece of crap. I don't deserve anything. I'm unworthy.
1: Yes. I made an I it again you know that oh. so i went to the wednesday nights i went to women's uh christian women's groups and i met other women who don't have this in their life which is really important if you uh, i i have a, his, uh my previous life i was a psychiatric nurse i did a lot of emergency work drunk tank work that kind of thing and they told me how beneficial it was that i was a sober person working with them we get to see what people look like who aren't alcoholic or recovering from alcohol. We need that in our lives. And I needed these women who were had other things that they were dealing with. And I learned my own compassion, get out of your bubble and care about someone else. The other thing, volunteer work, critical, critical. Here's the thing. And I, I, if I, if anybody takes one thing from this book or this telecast or anything that is of value at all, you have to heal from anything. My personal model, give the love you didn't receive. In everything you do, you must give the love that you did not receive. And that means you have to do these steps. You have to go to these groups. You have to fill yourself with God's word. You have to get into scripture and let him speak to you because you will not have it within yourself. You have, in order, the scripture allows his word to flow through you to the people that need to hear it. And maybe they only hear it from you that day. You have to give the love you didn't receive. And for me, as a broken person, that helped me follow the great commandment to not only love the Lord with my soul, heart, and mind, but to love others. That was the peace. I was broken and angry. I didn't have it. I had to decide. And sometimes it's a daily decision. Um, now I work in prison ministry, and I have perpetrators in there. Mm. And
0: what's that like I- for you?
1: i i think i could do it now it's alarming there's a moment where your heart catches um they insist at at the prisons that i go to that i'm i'm kind of in like if i could if they could find an islamic burqa for me they would do it (laughs) so they like dress
0: fully covered up modest so that there's no attraction to you whatsoever as a woman Yeah, yeah. four
1: sizes bigger than my size i like it that's
0: very prudent very
1: prudent but they 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 um one thing that i did in my healing my therapist made me do this and this is another critical step find out the history of your perpetrator my father oh do do you mind if i go there
0: Actually, I think it's fantastic you go there because this allows us to find the compassion that we can't find within ourselves for our perpetrator. When we hear their story and how they were victimized as a child, it makes sense why they became how they became and why they hurt us. So please go there.
1: Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, It my father was the youngest of five siblings, one girl, four boys. Uh, their mother was a drug addict. He's from Richmond, California, which is a suburb of Oakland and it's beyond rough and tumble. He was the youngest, he never knew his father and he was illegitimate. Um, he left high school, uh, I think he was 14, 15, never went back. When he was When he was 10 years old, he was hit by a neighborhood bakery delivery truck. He was run over, crushed his his legs from his knees down and his feet. His oldest brother, Dan, who was 10 years older than him, picked him up in the street and carried him to the hospital. And they managed to piece him back together after amputating over half his feet. His legs were crushed. He never let my sister and I, now think about my history with my father. I never saw his legs. And I never saw his feet. We're talking August in Southern California, and he would not wear shorts. He would not wear a bathing suit. He would not wear shoes without socks. And the way he walked, balancing on those little stumps that he had left, he had no prosthetic. His mother dismissed him. She never visited him in the hospital. She didn't care for him when he got home. His oldest sister, Catherine, did, who I am named after. He grew up so unwanted, so unloved, and so broken. He was a smaller man. I think he was 5'7". To me, he was huge, of course. And he joined a chain gang. He was in and out of jail. He's, he, his mother just gave up on him. She, she didn't make dinner for him. She didn't have food for him. Um, and so he stole. He got into so much trouble that he joined the merchant marines to get away from, from the cops. He was gone a few years. And he came back and he it was in Los Angeles. And that's how he met my mother, quite by accident. This broken man, who is almost entirely American Indian, so I am too, although you'd never know it. He, his, his appearance was, it stood out. He had this thick shock of black hair and this skin color that definitely, as as children, we were in a biracial family. People looked at him and they didn't know what to make of him. The one time where he wasn't alarming was when, as a little girl, we lived uh, within the perimeters of the Watts riots, me with this hair in the Watts riots. And I was taking my baby sister home and she was a little girl, she was six and I was seven and I'm walking her home and it's going on, Molotov cocktails and bombings are going on where I can see them. And my parents couldn't help us. They were at work. So he could go out there and they accepted him because of his coloring, and he just didn't clear it up for them. So he grew up this outlander, you know, this person that was separate from the the nuclear family. That was a mystery to him. What what made him finally leave and join the Merchant Marines was not only the cops, but he and my uh, Uncle Dan. They're, they're, they had the same mother. They all did, all the boys. They let their sister, Catherine, die. Her mo- their mother did. They didn't, she didn't take her to the hospital. She died of lymphoma at home, unloved. And that was it for these two boys. They were done. So Dan went to Los Angeles to go to college. He was determined to get out of Richmond. And my father, no education, went to the merchant Marine. This is the man, this is Mm. the pain that he suffered, the anger, the hurt, the devastation, just overwhelming.
0: Catherine, thank you for sharing that. If you're listening right now, maybe when we started the show, you were very angry at Catherine's father for how he hurt her so much and took his anger out on her when she was a child. And now as you hear his story of brokenness and how he was hurt and the anger that built up in him as a little boy who lost his feet and had no family to love him and then watched his little sister needlessly die from lack of care and love you can almost see Mm -hmm. how he could wrongfully channel that anger Mm -hmm. because he was still trapped at that emotional adolescent level or age himself, even as a grown man. And this is what I see, is I see a world of adults, at least their bodies are adults, but it's actually little boys and little girls walking around Yes. Stuck at the emotional age that they had the trauma.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And now they're in these adult bodies trying to adult, trying to do life and and nobody's given them the manual of how and they're hurt and they're unhealed. They're sick. And then they're raising their own children yes. and they don't they haven't healed themselves. And this is why. B.C. Nation, I brought Catherine on because you must heal yourself so that you do not pass this on to your children. Yes. Now, let me be very clear. You cannot heal yourself.
1: Amen. Okay,
0: so what do you do with that? Joseph, you just said, I must heal myself so I can break the generational curse over my family. But I cannot heal myself. That's correct. You don't have the strength to heal yourself. This is why you need a savior, Protestant or Catholic. We have the same savior. His name is Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. And it's his
0: strength that will heal you. It's his power that will set you free, not your own. The way you access God's power. I've seen in my own life personally and in the, the people I coach and I get to witness these healing miracles The way you access God's power is you surrender to him, the hurt, you surrender to him, the trauma, you surrender to him, the lack of control, the powerlessness that you felt all the feelings and emotions around it as that little boy or little girl, when you were victimized, you give it all to him because these are rocks that weigh you down in your
1: life. Yes,
0: Stop trying to put them from one side of your backpack to the other, thinking that that's all you can do in your life that that's God's best for you. It's unacceptable. And Catherine, I know you said you went through therapy Mm -hmm. and counseling
1: Yes,
0: and it's helped you. And I believe therapy and counseling is good. I think also that therapy and counseling is incomplete. Yes. And here's why it leaves the victim a victim. And it helps them to cope and process uh, and and just manage through life, but still deal with the rocks that weigh them down. And I don't believe that a loving father in heaven wants his children to be weighed down the rest of their lives. No. So as much as I love the 12-step program and I see all the good in it, I get to coach a lot of people that come to me that have been through it for alcoholism, for narcotics, et cetera, right, um, for sex addiction, all different types of addictions. And the one thing it leaves them with is that hi, I'm Joseph and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, I'm Joseph and whatever. I'm a drug you know addict or whatever. or I'm a sex addict. Well, every time you repeat that at every meeting, you are speaking death into your identity. Mm-hmm. You are not any of those things. You're not the things you have you do or the things you have done. You are a son and daughter of God, loved and precious to yes. him. Yes. You are not your addiction. And this is very, very important. You are not your hurt. You are not your pain. You are not your trauma. Mm-hmm. You are none of those things. So I believe, and Catherine, thank you for allowing me the space here.
1: Sure, sure. Just, just
0: speak to this, okay? Because I see you as this courageous, awesome woman that has been through Thank so you. much growth and you've taken on the hard stuff and you faced it. And now you, you said, well, Joseph, I'm still healing. I'm not healed yet. And I, I submit back to you and to all my listeners because I was there. If you look at all the healing Uh, parables or stories in the Bible. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: When Jesus entered in to the story of the paralytic or the the woman with hemorrhaging, he did not exit out and leave them in a place of still healing. Mm -hmm. He left them in a place of you are healed. Your faith has healed you. Now go and sin no more. For example. So I truly believe if we believe the promises of God in the Bible, that God will heal, heal you once and for all permanently, so that you'd never have mm-hmm. to carry it again. I personally, my addiction was sex. Mm-hmm. And I fell into it bad. And I got so far into it that I could not stop no matter what I tried or did. It was no, I was no longer powerful. The addiction outpowered me. It became a massive boulder that weighed me down. But I was able to walk through this surrender process with God. And Catherine, I could tell you, I've been fully healed, fully healed. And that's how I entered my marriage. I didn't enter it as that broken boy from the hurts in my childhood. I entered it healed. And I could say this with certainty for every listener listening, God will heal you and set you free permanently. And Catherine, you as well, please. um, What shows up for you? Cause I didn't want to go off on a rant like that, oh, but no, I do no. want to put God's complete truth in there. That therapy and counseling is good, but it's also man-made and God's power will heal us.
1: I, um, I gave you what I did chronologically.
0: Oh, perfect. Keep um, going.
1: Yeah. And so the biggest step was the quest and searching for truth and searching for God's word. Now, I didn't grow up with anything in particular. I did have an experience where Jesus intervened in my life during one of these episodes with my father. Hmm. I was in a, the bunk bed and um, he was there with me. And as usual, I, I had this little mantra. I, I knew about Jesus because of my little friends in the neighborhood. And I said, Jesus, just take me, let me die. And I was eight years old. Jesus, let me die, this hurts, let me die, let me die, let me die, just take me now. And it was such a, her, this particular incident was one of the worst ones. And I, uh, I just remember I, I was, I turned my head and I was crying and then there was like light. And even though I know my body was still there, I just seemed to go somewhere for like a minute. It seemed longer to me, but I knew it wasn't. And then the next thing I knew, and I was just, I could breathe and I was calm and it was okay for a minute. And then I, suddenly I was back. My father was standing up and walking out and I wasn't there. Now, people who survive what I have they have some of these splits, but it wasn't like that. And I had a psychiatrist actually hear this story. He said, "No, it wasn't like a psychological split. This was definitely some kind of experience that you had. I carried that with me. Hmm. Um, I carried that with me. And I went to go find him when I was old enough to be able to do that. My father went, I to, I went to jail, who? God. I went to oh. go find who Jesus was, who was God. And I went through different, all these different religions. And I, that's a whole other topic we could go through. But I did it to find him, to hear his voice. Now, I chose Catholicism because of the sacraments, because I, I read the, uh, the catechism before I went. And he, I, I need, I know myself, I need, I'm a daily mascot. I need the sacraments. I need that support. It speaks, it's cognitive, it speaks to my head and it helps me stay in the truth of who I am. Um, And the broken places and the Ian Heal parts, I think there are just parts that people have that they have to constantly, you know, you get to a level. Let's pretend none of this happened to me and I'm just a human walking the planet. I'm still going to have my little crosses to bear that I have to face and I have to deal with and mm. he helps me Then I take one and we heal that one so that's what I mean by healing does that make sense it's like I just keep working on pride I keep working on self-denial this not not me lord you you know not my word your words that kind that constant work and I need that bolstering from the church so mm. I became that's what um I I've Derive so much fulfillment from worship and laying down my life to Him, yeah. and what? Now that I'm retired, I just this is what I want to do. I I want to spend my time in His service. And He, all of a sudden, I uh, uh, asked to do prison ministry. Of that. Oh, Jesus! You can't be serious, you know. You all can't the places. Be
0: of all the places you want to send me, you want to send me to go look at the perpetrators. There you and go. And bring you to them. Interesting. Thanks, God.
1: I know. I mean, it, you can see the design. Yes. That happened. You can see It's it.
0: divinely orchestrated. Mm-hmm. So, Catherine. Oh, I
1: completely agree with you. Sorry.
0: No, you did good. Thank you for that. Um, sharing your story, God's story that happened in your life your testimony with other women specifically. Um, what does God have next for you? What do you see?
1: Oh, I I waited to, I, I, I had a moment uh, four years ago. I was able to give my mother and allow her to know that she was forgiven to die in peace, which was wonderful. And I had started the book four years ago and I didn't, want to publish it when she was alive i don't sure. think the shame it would have killed her and so now this is going to be published in the fall i'm going through final edits right now um and i i, I want to do that i want to continue with ministry i want to continue to write it's my favorite thing and it, yeah. i know it's what i'm supposed to do and to speak when i'm needed um that's awesome and and prison ministry i definitely yeah. think I'm
0: supposed to be there. Well, God put you there, so he knows we don't. So obviously you're meant to be there. Something you didn't know.
1: Uh, Not something you would have chose.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you have a working title to the book?
1: Yes. Unconquered Heart. Unconquered Heart. heart.
0: Unconquered Heart.
1: Yeah. Never conquered by sin. Never conquered by death. Never conquered by...
0: Pain, trauma, abuse. Yep, I really get that. That's awesome. Uh, you can find Katherine Cooper uh, on Instagram. Her handle is at Unconquered Heart. At Unconquered Heart, just like the working title of her book. Now, Katherine, you've been through so much, girl. You're like my walking hero here. You know. <laughs> um,
1: I think I think what, what you went through is pretty amazing, if I may say. I'm so impressed. The courage is—I am just so impressed. I really am. I always was, but now hearing you being so brave and courageous with that, and to have me on today, I—I'm. Mm. Thank you for that.
0: Thank you, Catherine, and go God.
1: God go gets God. the credit
0: for my story, <laughs> you know. Um, now, something you should know. Uh, you know, for my listener is, uh, Catherine follows me on Instagram and, um, you know, she constantly, uh, doing the sweetest, kindest, uh, comments and hearts and emojis. Uh, anytime I post a picture of my precious wife or my beautiful, uh, daughter, um, that Catherine knows both of them personally. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's so cool. It's just so cool. So thank you for contributing to my life, Catherine, in that, that small little way that is meaningful. Um, Catherine, you found it within your heart to forgive your mother for not protecting mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. as a child. That takes serious courage and compassion. Well done, and it also set her free, and it set you free. Yeah. It's it's so necessary. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks both the perpetrator and the victim's heart, and creates freedom on both sides. I believe. Uh, that being said, were you ever able to uh, free set your your father free with forgiveness before he passed?
1: I wanted to. Mm. I asked my mother to, she knew how to get a hold of him with his new family that he, I guess he married, I don't know how many years before. Well, she said she didn't have it. She would look at it. And then I would remind her, and this went on for quite a while. When he was dying, his stepchildren contacted my mother. She hid it from me. And mm-hmm. a year later, I heard, and, and it took me a while to forgive her for that. Yeah. That, that was I just said, "Well, he didn't deserve to, to, to see what you've accomplished. And I said, yes, he did. Yes. And so did I, and mm-hmm. that could have been a moment that yeah. we could have cleansed this You know, it isn't just that the abuse didn't happen with my daughter. You've got to take the healing full circle. Yes, you do. It's got to get cleaned up. And um, so I didn't, I I had a hard time talking to her for about a year and a half. It took me a while.
0: Yeah. I mean, when someone steals the opportunity for you to go and create forgiveness with your perpetrator, and you don't even get that chance before they pass on into the next world and, and set them free. Oh. Oh man, that, yeah, I get that. Um, so much there. So, BC Nation, uh, if you've been hurt, just know uh, that in order to be fully healed, completely healed the way God uh, ordains it, forgiveness is the key. Uh, it must involve the person, you setting them free by forgiving them, uh, by forgiving yourself, um, and uh, asking God. Uh, you know, forgiving God, you know, because sometimes we blame him for not mm-hmm. protecting us,
1: Absolutely. right. For
0: allowing it. So there has to be this triune forgiveness and then complete yeah. happen, uh, complete healing happens and you move forward with your life. It's fantastic. I get to see these miracles in my coaching practice all the time with trauma and abuse and childhood, all oh, this stuff. Must and, be so and
1: Wonderful.
0: Catherine is fantastic, right? I get to participate okay. in watching God, uh, God performed miracles, modern day miracles in people's hearts and minds. And I see uh, family, uh, you know, nuclear families restored. They get their father back. They get their mother back because even though that, that, that parent hurt them, et cetera. And uh, it's just absolutely brilliant wow. and beautiful. So I just I want heard. to say that again, um, for you listening right now, there is one person listening right now that Catherine's uh, story has resonated deeply with you. And you're like, that's me that's me. I'm scared to to tell people though, Catherine, you're courageous. I'm not. That's just a lie of the enemy uh, that you keep playing small and keep hiding in the shadows with your story. But remember this, uh, you know, the hurt and the pain and the trauma only has power over you when you keep it in the darkness. The second you bring it into the light, God's power takes over and you're able to be healed. So just know that as long as you keep it hidden and secret, In your family it has power over you the second you bring it out into god's light and i don't mean go out and publicize it to the whole world but bring it into god's light and get the healing uh then it will no longer have power over you and you will be set free go god uh catherine we're about to enter into my favorite part of the show welcome to the confession (laughs) round as a catholic you must love that name it's my working title thank (laughs) you I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? Okay. What's your favorite thing about God?
1: His forgiveness and mercy.
0: Yeah. What's your least favorite thing about God?
1: Sometimes I feel busted.
0: (laughs) Why is he always watching me? Can I get a little privacy in my sinfulness? Jeez. That's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Catherine, what are you most afraid of?
1: Not fulfilling my purpose on earth before I go.
0: Yeah. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives.
1: <laughs> it's just
0: part of the human condition. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally?
1: Um, uh, my relationship with my daughter, Taryn, um, who I adore and love. And we're just at different ends and we don't seem to be able to communicate right now. It's something Mm. that's just happening and I need to surrender it. I need to be better about um, withholding my instructional parental instruction. She's 42. (laughs) Perhaps she knows how to do it without me.
0: (laughs) Catherine, I call that, I call that unsolicited coaching. Nobody asked for it, but you're going to give it anyway. Hey, people, if that's you, it doesn't work. I was an unsolicited coach for many years. It does not work. Oh, it's bad. Yes. So I've learned to qualify my client who's not paying me, right? Like qualify that person. Like, hey, would you like advice on that? And if they say, no, I'm good. Leave it at that. Move (laughs) on. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year?
1: Uh, between probably studying, I can immerse myself. You can see this is just one wall. I can immerse myself and I I, I like my little shell and I gotta come out and spend a little time with the humans sometimes.
0: Yeah. What secret yeah, fear do you have about hide. this is a good segue question. What secret fear do you have about people that probably makes you hide?
1: Oh, that i will seem like that that how can i it's that imposter thing what do they call that? Is that mm-hmm. what it is yeah like that, feeling like
0: a fraud or something
1: yeah like like they're gonna you know they don't believe me or i'm not telling the truth or why am i here why are you on this show why are you talking to these people like but yeah, if yeah, that yeah. Thing. yeah, 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 it's like, thing. I'm not
0: qualified. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why
1: did the Lord put me here? You know?
0: <laughs> so that's your answer to all of them. Catherine, you'd be like, I agree with you. Like, I don't think I should be here, but God said I, I should. So I'm just obeying him. Thank you so much. Okay. Moving on. All right. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God?
1: That he loved me. Yeah. That he yep.
0: loved me. Even when you were being hurt, right? Mm hmm. Yep. We don't understand God's ways; they're higher than us. But okay. we we choose to accept them. What is a new habit you want to create in your life?
1: Oh, it's a that's a tough one between daily lectio divina. And, For all the
0: Protestants out there, that just means oh, quiet meditation. Sorry.
1: Yes. <laughs> yep. and and uh, sort of like looking at my day and how I could have done better. That the yeah. old Ben Franklin and what I could have done differently that's the biggest one is doing that consistently every day not only the prayer but you know how sometimes prayer gets into the whining phase I mean we need, you know he's probably down there get into some new material <laughs> ah. <laughs> you need it you need to freshen it up okay yeah, 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 I'm yeah. Whining. so that's what I want to do I want to get more like I, I'm ready to go to the next level
0: Okay, and got it. Do that. Yeah, so you want to grow spiritually. That's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so uh, I just, uh, I misspoke. Like the Divina is quiet meditation uh, with God uh, using the the scripture verses, okay? So for all the Protestants out there, it would definitely be Protestant approved, okay? Because it uses the oh, God's yeah. truth and, and the Bible. That's very important. You guys
1: would like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pick
0: three words to describe who you are now.
1: Oh. <sighs> Lo- oh, love god oh, happy wife <laughs> blessed
0: yeah i like it pick three words to describe who you were before god healed you
1: didn't know god oh sorry godless i guess mm-hmm. angry hurt
0: godless, angry, and hurt. Wouldn't you say that is a fair description of most of the people we see acting out on social media? Yes. Yeah. A lot of anger going on. Yep. 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 And they don't know how to process it. These are all little Mm -hmm. kids running around in adult bodies that were hurt and victimized, and they don't know what to do with the anger. The answer is give it to God. Yeah. Go ahead, Catherine. Oh,
1: oh, oh! no. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Uh, I was just going to say, um, well, I'm a grandmother. Mm-hmm. So I just see like, you know, these little babies. Oh, I've got a quick solution for you. you have a piece of pie and I'll tell you about Jesus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Make sure it is solicited and not yeah. unsolicited.
1: I get them with the pie.
0: Yeah, get them with the pie. Come and have a piece of apple pie and a cup of Jesus. Let's go. That is, All good. right. Okay. Uh, and last question. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends, your kids in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about life. About God, about all of it. What would you say to them?
1: Pray to God and listen.
0: Pray, Pray to God and listen.
1: listen. Just That's listen.
0: It. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about Seeking God and listening. Yeah.
1: At some point, you're going to be there. You're going to be on your knees. It's a great place to be. When you don't have any idea of what to do, get on your knees and tell him that. I just don't know.
0: Yeah. I agree. Honest, raw prayer with God. For anyone listening today that uh, maybe you're in tears after hearing Catherine's story, because her story is your story. And you you are stuck in yours. You're stuck in your trauma. You're stuck in your pain. You're stuck in your anger. And you're hurting those around you, your spouse, your kids, for example, your children, right? Your family members. If you're stuck in there, but you want to be set free, you want to be fully healed. You're tired of just talking about your uh, trauma and pain and problems, you actually want it gone once and for all permanently, and you want God to do that, uh, you I might be your coach. Uh, I might be, right? I'm not saying I will be. Um, I will qualify you and see if you're ready. I work with a very select amount of people. I have a few spots open uh, in my calendar this month. If that is something of interest to you and you'd like to jump on a call, and we'll talk about uh, some of what you've been through, your story. I'll give you 30 minutes of my time at no charge. Um, and then by the end of the call, we, you and I will make a decision if we're meant to work together or not. And either is fine. So if that's of interest, go to blowuprocks.com. Blowuprocks.com. If you want to blow up the rocks in your life or from your past, the lies you believe about yourself, about others, about God, you want them gone, you want a beautiful blessed, abundant life of God, go to blowuprocks.com. Would you already take action? Okay. Catherine Cooper, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. Best way for our listeners to get in touch with you again, or go find your book when it comes out. What do you got?
1: Yes. Yes. The IG, um, Unconquered Hero.
0: All right. So
1: Unconquered Heart.
0: Unconquered Heart. Yeah. Maybe Unconquered unconquered Hero. I kind of like that too. Um, (laughs) unconquered heart, uh, on Instagram. Uh, if you don't know what Instagram is, you're, maybe you're a boomer. Um, go ahead and ask one of your grandchildren. They'll point you right to her. (laughs) All right, Catherine. (laughs) I just have to have a little fun here. Nobody take that serious. I'm not age discriminating. You have more wisdom than me. All right, Catherine. Thanks for being on broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked?